with Adrianosaurus, we're talking NRL finals and the prelims are done. We've got our grand finalists. It's going to be the Penrith Panthers versus the Parramatta Eels. Um, What a a grand final. I really think that this is the grand final that I was sort of, just purely from a grand final point of view, that I was looking forward to. Um, I was going for the cows. I love a fairy tale story and nobody gave them a hope this year, me included. I thought they were bottom four, didn't say spoon. Um, but I was hoping that at home they could get the job done and get into the grand final, but I would have given them zero chance against the Penrith Panthers away in a grand final, whereas the Parramatta Eels, um, I think 1-17, to when they're all on, and that's the big question, um, can they be on in a grand final? Um, but when they're on, I think 1-17, to they've got a team that can match it with the Penrith Panthers, and I think they're, they can unsettle them um that's been proven this year with a couple of wins against them and look you know i talked to a lot of Penrith fans who are like oh yeah well clearly got sent off in one of those games well the one that you did win Penrith panthers moses went down and they were in the lead in, until that point so um i give the eels a chance they are going to need a lot of things to go their way because Penrith panthers are an absolute juggernaut of a team, I think they're on the precipice of etching their name in history as one of the great, great teams. It's not easy in the modern game to go back-to-back. We saw the Roosters do that in recent times, and they were an exceptional team. Um, and I think if they knock this one off, the Penrith Panthers, three grand finals in a row, two wins on the trot, they, they go down in history as one of the great, great teams. Um, and look, um, it's going to be a mouth-watering grand final. I'm really excited for it. It should be a ripper. Um, yeah, the Eels are the, are the matchup, I think. Of all the teams that were in the top eight, I probably thought the Roosters, with the way that they were playing late uh, end of the year, probably had the tools to beat the Penrith Panthers, but they just finished a little low on the ladder. Um, of all the teams in the eight, the one that I thought could possibly... Make a game of it because I just I couldn't see anything other than a Penrith runaway grand final. And that's still a very big possibility. I just think that the t- the right team, the right matchup is there to make a game of it. Um, poor old Cowboys and poor old South Sydney fans. I think particularly the, the Cowboys fans. It was a home final, um, and it's a bit of a hollow feeling in the old gut. And I'll tell you why you feel that Cowboys because you won most every stat in that game. You had more possession, you completed better, you had more uh, run meters, you had more post-contact meters, you had the same amount of line breaks, you uh, had more tackle breaks, and you had less missed tackles. But you didn't have more points. Um, you, the Cowboys were the better team for the most part of that game. Uh, it was really um, sad for Cowboys fans to lose it the way that they did. I think that they were in control. They had a nice lead in that game. Uh, and they just managed that late end of the game really poorly. Um, you know, while they were in the lead, rucking the ball out of their own 40-meter line, I thought that they were they were getting it all wrong, attacking too much instead of sort of doing what you know, Penrith Panthers do. Just get it to the, the, the big boppers to get you out into safety and then maybe on the fifth tackle if you want to run take a run. But you're down at the right end of the field. I thought they were too risky in their own 40-meter line and the kicking game was absolutely shite. Um, the, the only good kick I saw in the second half was one by Drinkwater where he kicked it down deep and kept them you know, down in the corner five meters out of their line. I think 
That's what they bought Chad for, for a game manager, for a voice out there, for a calm head, for an experienced head, and I think they botched it. So I kind of feel like the cows let that one drop. You don't win every, you know, statistic in the game. You know, you don't win every statistic in the game if you weren't the better team uh, in the game. Uh, But uh, that's not what happens, uh, you know, in history for wins, unfortunately. You can be the better team, and if another team just hangs in there, they could jag jag it off you late, and that's what the Parramatta Eels uh, did. Now, for you Parramatta Eels fans, you're into a grand final. It's been a long, long wait. Firstly, it was a long wait to get into a prelim. You've already ticked that box, and now you're back here in a grand final. It could be they've had the longest wait. They've got the longest drought for a premiership in the in the NRL. Um, and you know if they win, guess who takes the mantle? The Canberra Raiders. So I'm going to probably be cheering for the Penrith Panthers next week, just so that the Raiders don't take over as the new chokers of the NRL um, premiership wise. But I know these Parramatta Eels are going to be up and about fans um and you're into a grand final so you know get in there and have a you know lap it up um Penrith Panthers they are an amazing team they've played so little football together um towards the back end of this season they've done it the easy route they've you know had rests and everything but they just hit every time they play a game they look better than the last game that first game against the uh, Parramatta Eels they didn't skip a beat, and they were even better last night against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who were um, a little disappointing, I've got to be honest. Oh, I said last week in the podcast, if the South were going to be a chance, it needed to be a 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10 out of Cody Walker and um, Latrell Mitchell. Each of them needed a 9 out of 10. Well, they didn't even get a 9 between them. It was 9 Nine between them, nine points um, out of that game. So the South Souths were never a chance in that game once Penrith were up and about. And I think that, the, well, we'll go through the games and I'll talk about the turning points and some of the other things from the games. But it's going to be a Parramatta Eels and a Penrith Panthers grand final. I think it's a good grand final. I'm looking forward to it as a neutral. All right, the games. Um, the Eels got the job done 24-20 to 20 against the poor old uh, North Queensland Cowboys. The turning point... Um, for me was, well, there's a couple of things in the game. Obviously, we know that the first try was an absolute wretched forward pass by Mitch Moses. Um, you know, that was, it went to a close game like that. You know, cows are going to be like, oh, why the hell did that one get through? Um, they had 75 minutes to rectify that, and that's what you're going to hear from Eels fans. Uh, you know, you had 75 minutes. Um, you didn't mind taking that old dodgy win over the Tigers, and you take them when you can get them, and that's true. Um, I, I am one of those people that advocates for stripping the bunker down. The bunker has way too much to do with our game. They're, they're, they're ruining the game, I think, and I don't think they're going to stop using the bunker the way they do, so let's get the bunker involved in forward passes. I don't care if if it's a line ball 50-50. I don't mind if the bunker shuts their mouth and just leaves it to the, the, the officials on the field for their, their live view of it. Um, the touchies, mate. You, let's call them the potatoes now because they do nothing. Get rid of them. They're absolutely shocking. The amount of times I've seen them in line with stuff and not calling it, Getting it wrong, what? And they can't even rule on anything in the corner, even though they're right there. They're terrible. There, there's no point to them. There's no point to them. The sideline officials, but 
the bunker, if it's an absolute howler like that, the bunker should just be like, that's way forward. You know, and that's all it takes for the blatantly obvious ones, two, three meter forward ones, out of the hands forward, traveled forward, and was received in a forward ahead of the pass. That's a forward pass. And the bunker should be jumping and going, no good. We, that's a prelim final. It's a prelim final. We should not be having howler tries allowed through in a prelim final. And, and that was an absolute howler. Just quietly, I thought that the lane one was um, forward too. So that's two tries from forward pass. So look, at least with the lane one, it was line ball. Um, but I think that was forward out of the hand. So um, you've got to you've got to feel a little bit jibbed, cows. Um, you've got to feel a little bit lucky, uh, eels. You take your luck. And that's one of the, the big comments I had down there for the eels. Is they showed some guts. They hung in there. It was some sort of second half there by Sean Lane. One of the all-time great forward displays in a second half of a prelim, I reckon. Um, you know, I remember Johnny Bateman there getting the Raiders in, you know, through a, a tight game, you know, with a great play. And I thought Sean Lane was absolutely amazing and unstoppable in that second half. Surely he's on the plane for the World Cup. But the Eels showed some guts. They hung in there. They did get some calls. I th- I don't want to go. Well, tinfoil hat Adrian. I'm not saying. Well, I will say it, but tinfoil hat Adrian says. Oh, I think they might have liked to set up the grand final for a Western Derby two Sydney teams. But that might, we'll just say that coincidentally, that's how it landed in with the Eels getting two forward pass tries. But anyway, <laughs> it's an Eels Penrith final. You can't go back in history and complain about. Well, you can. You can complain about it, but you can't change it. Um, and I, I personally think that the Cows managed that uh, lead uh, with 25 minutes left to go in the game very poorly. So, yeah, there was some calls that didn't go your way, but, you know, you could have managed it and got yourself the win nevertheless. Um, Lolo got a bin for a high tackle. Um, he's got three weeks, I think, for that. Um, he's come out and said, I shouldn't have to serve that in the World Cup because I did it for, you know, it was a charge in a Cowboys game. Well, which one is it, guys? Because I know that the Roosters, is it Jared Wurry Hargraves? He, they're happy for him to serve it in the pool games um, because he's not. he'll be available for round one next year for the Chooks and he'll be back in the World Cup, you know, when the important games are on. Lolo's view is that it shouldn't be like that, that he should serve it in the NRL. It doesn't work, Jason, because what happens if you do a shoulder charge in the World Cup? Can you only serve that the next time? When, you know, Tonga plays an international, you know, and there's some coaches that want them serving it in the pool games. And, uh, you know, in your case, maybe your coach doesn't want it. Look, I think for the game, it's, and for the Tongan fans, you need Jason Tamalolo in the World Cup. So on that facet, I agree with him 100%. Um, maybe because we, I know that they had um, changed rules in the finals that because uh, finals are important games that charges they'll get a discount on charges um, and it'll be monetary this that and the other so maybe they could have said put an importance on an international game and say it's worth you know one and a half you know you could have had to serve two games or one game or something you know one game and a fine they could have worked out something so they value the international game and realize how important you know, Lolo is to the international game and give a little bit of a special dispensation maybe, you know, because it, it put more value on it being a World Cup game. Maybe the, the three weeks is harsh, but you got to serve the games 
when they when you're penalised. Um, you know, the Taylor May was an off-field one. So, you know, if they do this off-field stuff, they obviously put value on the finals games for an off-field thing. Maybe this one, because it's an on-field one, you've got to just serve it straight away. But, you know, there's like I said, there's coaches that want it. And, you know, in Lolo's case, he doesn't want it. But you can't have your cake and eat it too. Um... Paulo is good to go. He's he's not going to miss a game, miss the biggest game, the grand final for his spear tackle. I agree with that. I thought it was, um, you know, on the milder end of things. He landed on his back. He didn't uh, put him on his head or anything like that. Penalty is sufficient. Um, so he's all good to go. Um, let's go through a couple of the key um, players out of the game if, as I saw it. Sean Lane. It was a 9 out of 10 performance by Sean Lane. He's had some sort of year. Um, and look, that 9 out of 10, he was a little bit quieter in the first half, but wow, he went bang in the second half. He was the difference, I think, in that game. Um, he kept the, the eels in it, and every time he touched the ball, he was an absolute handful, and something happened every time he touched the ball. A 9 out of 10 performance. I think he's on the on the plane uh, for the World Cup. They'd be mad not to take him. Um Look, IPAP was exceptional as well. His second-row partner, 8.5 out of 10. And one of the things um, I think that puts them in good stead for a grand final is that they've got great a great bench. They've got a lot out of their bench. And Maddo coming off the bench was an 8.5 out of 10. Nia Kore sort of starts there, um, takes the sting out of the game. He was good. He was about a 7, 7.5, I think. Um, but Maddo off the bench, an 8.5. IPAP, an 8.5. And, and Elaine, 9 out of 10. Um, that back row is exceptional. Um, and getting that impact off and ball playing at him off Maddo off the bench is an absolute difference maker. RCG, two tries. He was an eight and a half. I thought Paulo was probably a seven and a half. That's enough. Um, probably they need to jag and, you know, you need a nine and an eight out of your front rowers to lay a platform. They'll probably hopefully get that in the grand final. But... Um, those sort of performances from that back row and front row is, if they can replicate that in the grand final, that'll put them in good stead um, for, to, for, you know, to unsettle the, the Penrith Panthers and jag this grand final. Um, that was the difference, I think. Um, look, over the other side, they were just less um, of the great scoring performances. Lolo, I gave a 9 out of 10. I thought he was... Um, the Cowboys' best, um, and he was closely followed by Cotter, who was an eight and a half, and that's no surprise. Those two guys are probably the best, you know, with Nanai, who's more of a fleety in and out of the game kind of person, but those um, strong performances for 80 minutes of a game, Lolo um, and Cotter, I thought, were exceptional. They really gave the Cowboys um, everything they had, um, but the problem with the Cowboys is that that was probably where it ended, um, the front row, McLean, um, he was probably a 6 out of 10, I think. And look, they didn't use their bench very well. I didn't think um, Hess or Neem got um, enough minutes. They were, well, Hess was probably a 4 out of 10. Neem was a 6 out of 10. Look, I will give you this. Luciano was good. Um, I give him probably a 7.5 out of 10 off the bench. But there just wasn't enough. You look at the um, Eels. Lane was great. IPAP, great. Maddo, great. RCG, great. Um that's more names, and I think it just gave them a better platform. You know, when they came home, the stronger. Um, they just they looked like they sort of ran out of puff, the cows. They just didn't have enough people go with um, Cotter and Lolo. Because we're talking about forwards there, let's have a look at the halves. Um, I thought that the Eels' halves were pretty average. They weren't too great. They weren't too poor. Um, Mitch Moses was a 6.5 out of 10. But hang on, before we go and talk about Mitch Moses, let's give him... 
Mitchie Moses, what a um, champion, eh? He um, buried a grandmother earlier um, in the week and he missed the birth of his child to play in that prelim. And nobody deserves to be fronting up in a grand final um, more than Mitch Moses for what he did. Hats off to you, buddy, because um, that wouldn't have been an easy choice. Um, and he really, um, you know, showed how much the Parramatta Eels and this year means to him by fronting up for that um prelim uh look but it was a six and a half out of ten for him and dylan brown was probably a seven out of ten um so we talk about these forwards being so dominant and and having such great games there was enough there i think for the halves to um be a bit better than that and a six and a half and a seven will not fly against the penrith panthers next week so they need to lift if if well, we'll get down to pros and cons, but if they um, get if they play like they did in this game against the Cowboys, it's not the Eels will lose. The Eels will lose. Um, the halves over the Cowboys side. I mentioned the way that they managed the end of that game. Uh, Chad was a six and a half, and did and was a six and a half out of ten. I thought that the decision making and the kicking was very poor. Um, and that's what you had Chad there for. Now, Chad has been getting a lot of compliments. I know he got a lot of uh, shade early, like everyone going, why the hell did you buy the Chad? But he's proven everyone wrong, and he's been getting a lot of compliments for the great things that he's done, the level head out there, the experience, um, the game management, and I thought that that's where they ended up this game. They mucked it up um, with the game managing and the kicking, um, the, the you know, getting out of their own yardage while they were leading in that game. Um, so, you know, that's that's it. Um, Para are into a grand final and the Cows are going to rue, I think, um, letting that game slip um, and not not representing, not, not fronting up for the grand final next week. Um, over to the bunny, the bunnies versus the Penrith Panthers. Um, the the Panthers got the job done, thirty two to twelve. It was a bit of a shellacking, really. Um, the, the turning point in the game for me was definitely the two tries before halftime. We know that um, the one that was in the last minute, where you know, the, if they'd have gone in two tries ahead. Um, the Bunnies, I think that psychologically they would have had an advantage that could have kept them in with a chance because you never want to go in a couple of tries down. Instead, they go in level and it's just, you know, you can't go in level against the Penrith Panthers at halftime. You'll lose. And they did because Penrith Panthers just keep, they're relentless. They just, uh, you know, play after play after play until they wear you down and then they find their groove and, you, you know, if, if you go in at level at halftime, you're never going to win in it. And they just kicked on and, um, well, really flogged them, basically. Um, but that was just a little lapse, the last three minutes before halftime. And I think it was the wrong play to go for that um, pass by, I think it was Latrell there that threw the intercept there for Brian Tall. Little mini John Alomo smashing Cody Walker as he went for the tackle. And it was a great try. Um, but that was probably the turning point for me. Not that I, th- I think... I probably would have still favoured the Penrith Panthers. But that was the best chance of making it a tight one and maybe winning um, if they'd have just gone in with that lead, if they'd held on to that lead. Um, But anyway, um, they lose. And it's a bit of an ungraceful exit by the the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Another prelim exit. Uh, You know, they... Make they make a lot of prelims, you know, for the last five straight, but they keep losing at this last hurdle. Um, let's go through some of the things that happened in the game. The Luai obstruction, I agree with it by the letter of the law. Um, he ran behind one of his own players. No, it didn't have any effect on the play. 
Well, it had some effect because for even for a split second, if those defenders are obscured of you, which they were, it's an obstruction. It's, it's an obstruction. Um, this year, we've seen the old bunker throw a little bit of license in there. They're like, oh, well, we believe that he would never have got there. So we're going to see. And they've just changed the black and white um, ruling on, a, on an obstruction. So that's why it's a bit muddied and people are like, well, hang on. This was one of those examples where it didn't affect the defence at all and they were never going to get there. Yeah, it did. And we've seen it in the regular season where they've let those ones through because the bunker's shit and it makes mistakes because it gets involved in things that it has no right to get involved. If you keep it black and white, you don't run behind your player, that's a that's a bloody obstruction. And they did that in this case, so by the letter of the law, it's a it's a, an obstruction. I'm fine with it. Um, What else have we got here? Um, the kick out shoulder charge, he's all good to go. Um, some people say to me, why is Lolo's shoulder charge three weeks and, you know, the protected species kick out is um, no games? Because Lolo's was to the head uh, and kick out was to the body. So that's the difference between the two and I'm quite happy um, with him being available for the grand final. Um, Milne send-off, yes, I agree. It was straight to the beak. He was off the ground and, you know, He's got a problem because he's gets sin-binned every game for all of this sort of stuff. He's got a bad attitude. What a big surprise. A South Sydney player's got a bad attitude because his mates, Latrell um, and Cody, don't have a really good attitude either. They didn't have a great attitude in this game either. Um, but I agree with it. Um, the Crichton, no try. I heard the bunker go, oh, there's no grounding. The ball wasn't in the air. The ball was on the ground. If the ball is on the ground, all you need to do is put a finger on it. We see with these grubbers, if the ball's on the ground and someone just needs to go and put a hand on it. What the hell? These bunkers are officials. How do you, I, I just get so shitty watching officials, watching footage going, oh, there was no grounding on that. He, the ball was on the ground. There was no separation between ground and ball and no separation between his hand. When his hand touched the ball, the ball was on the ground as clear as the nose on your face. It's a try. Now, that had no effect on this game. But if this is what decides a grand final, it's going to be massive news. That's just a wrong call. That The bunker is looking at footage, interpreting uh, interpreting a play wrong. He did not need to ground that. How do you ground something that's already on the ground? You just need to put a finger on it. And that's what he did. It's a try. Wrong. Uh, anyway, let's go and have a look at um, a couple of the key um, performances. I'm going to look at um, spines in that game because I think that that was where the difference was. And we're going to throw the 13s in there. Um, Edwards, Dylan Edwards, a 9.5 out of 10 by him. Look, if you were, if there was two players there, Latrell and Edwards, and they said, Adrian, you get first choice, I would pick Latrell. You know, I'd pick Latrell and because he's an absolute superstar of the game and what he can do, nobody else can do. But if I didn't get first choice and I ended up with Dylan Edwards, I don't think I'd ever regret it. You know, and I don't think that Penrith Panthers fans would ever trade Dylan Edwards for Latrell, maybe. I don't know. I don't think they would because he's an absolute trier. Um, the way that he runs the ball back, you know, the difference between him and Latrell is that he runs back with so much gusto. Penrith Panthers are 35 metres out from their own line on play one, whereas Latrell, he dishes off a pass. It's all slow. And if Latrell runs it back, he doesn't run it back with any gusto, which he's the biggest body out there, probably, in the backs. 
runs it back 15 metres. You know, so you already got a 20 metre advantage. His um, support play is amazing for up the ruck if somebody makes a break. If there's a kick, you know, Dylan Edwards is there. He is an absolute beautiful um, defensive fullback. The positions he gets himself in defensively, he is, well, we we all know he's underrated. But um, look, as a neutral non-Penrith fan, and I actually hate Penrith, but um, I, I love Dylan Edwards. He's an absolute weapon, um, an effort weapon is what he is. Nine and a half out of ten. Well done, Dylan Edwards. Man of the match, in my opinion. Um, Luai, I thought he had a mixed bag um, last night. And I think that that's something that needs to improve in the grand final. Look, he hasn't had a great finals campaign, I don't think. I thought he was pretty average in the first game, but I gave him a pat on the back for that because Cleary was hot uh, and he just sort of took his hands off the game a little bit and let Cleary run the show. That happened this game because Cleary is in some sort of form, but Luai had mixed moments, some errors in there, a lot of errors. Um, you know, so I, I really think that he's probably got to improve in the next game. He's um, not had a great finals campaign. Maybe they can get by without it. I mean, they're such a good team. You know, and it's a 6 out of 10 by him, but it's not enough. The Penrith Panthers are so much better than the next team that they can get by with Luai not having a great game, especially with a dominant, such a dominant half in Cleary. But... You know, if Moses and uh, Brown are 9 and 10 out of 10s next week, I really think that Luai is going to need to be better than a 6 out of 10. Um, Cleary, it was a 9 out of 10 performance by him. He has sat up in the back end of this um, NRL season for five weeks just watching the game. And when he came in, I was like, you know, he's had five weeks out. Um, you know, is he going to be underdone? I was like, no. I think he has sat up there and I could see, like, thoughts going through his head, equations, <laughs> you know, and he's come out and he looks like he's bossing this final series. I think on him alone, you've got to favour Penrith to just take this premiership and put it back-to-back um, for Cleary to enhance his um, standing in the game as a great, great half. Uh, he He's looked sensational in this um, finals campaign. It was a 9 out of 10 performance. He got a bit of a junk, try, junk, junk time try there as well, which is his specialty. It was a ripping, ripping game. He is a champion of our game, and he absolutely stood up in the prelim there to deliver the Penrith Panthers a resounding victory. Um Appy came off the bench. He was a 9 out of 10 by Appy, and it's no surprise that they scored, what was it, like 26 to nil after Appy came on. I thought that, um, you know, it was fine with Kenny starting. I thought his service at a dummy half was very slow. That's the difference. When you get um, Appy out there, he's quick. He takes a, a little bit of a run out of um, dummy half, and he gets them on the front foot. He's quick, and he's wily out of the dummy half position. They're much, much better um, when Appy's on the field. Um, he was a 9 out of 10 for mine. Um, I don't mind. Look, obviously, I don't think Appy can play 80 minutes, so that's why they start with Kenny, who takes the sting out of the game. He's safe. Uh, he was probably a 7 out of 10, um, but I just think that Appy was sensational. I count him as the 9, um, and he was ter- terrific. Um, Yo, he wasn't out, you know, he wasn't um, flashy, which he's not usually, but he was 8 out of 10. They were a spine in 13 that all performed sensationally. Look, um, if we go over and have a look on the side there to his their forwards, JFH was great. He was an 8 out of 10. Lays a great platform for them. Leota was good with a 7 out of 10. 
um, their bench was terrific. And I think this is the difference. Um, the poor old Rabbitohs, they lost Burgess. They lost um, Havili. I think they were short of some punch off the bench, but they got some punch to the Penrith Panthers. Um, Sorensen was an 8 out of 10. Lee knew was terrific off the bench, um, an 8 out of 10. And I mentioned sort of Appy um, Kenny. I thought Kenny was a 7 out of 10. They were great, the bench. Um, when you lose your starting props off for a rest, if you've got these blokes coming on and, and still offering good punch, um, there's, you know, the lowest scoring player um, in the Penrith Panthers was probably Luai in Staines. The rest of them were terrific in this game. They were so good. Um, moving over to the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Um, Latrell Mitchell had an awful game. It, and... There's no other, there's no two ways about it. He went missing in this prelim final. And I think the question everyone says, oh, you know, if Latrell played last year's grand final, Souths win. Well, if it was the, if that's true, um, you know, maybe you want to say it was added Reynolds. But, he, you know, if Latrell played like he did last night last year, it wouldn't have made a difference because he went absolutely missing. It was a four out of 10 performance. Um, look, Latrell didn't plug into this game at all. It's like he got that big smashing hit where he got leveled and just sort of clicked off for the rest of the game. Dishing off passes, he's, all he did was pass in that game, and he's such a devastating tackle-breaking runner um, and just chiming into back lines and stuff. It seemed like, or even the chiming into back lines, it wasn't as slick. Um, you know, you watch Latrell and some of the passing he does in the back line, and you're just like, wow. There was none of that. It was just basic, basic bitch stuff from Latrell last night. And he did not inject his himself in the game like the X-Factor player that he is. See, Cleary is an X-Factor player, like best in the league player. Nine out of ten performance. Latrell, um, you know, an X-Factor, best in the game type fullback. Um, four out of ten. And the Bunnies... We said last week, if the Bunnies are to be a chance, you need 9 out of 10s from Latrell and Cody. Well, they were 9 combined because Cody was a 5 out of 10. He got um, shitty like he does. And look, these two players um, did not fire a shot in this game. Um, you know, you look at the um, you know the the fullback for the Penrith Panthers, a 9.5. Um, you know, you needed Trell to be a 9 10 out of 10 performance if the Bunnies were to do anything in this game. And I think that they'll look back on that game and say, we didn't inject, we did not take boss this game. You know, we we let the game get the better of us and we didn't really give everything that we could have. Um, look, poor old Ilias, he wasn't, you know, Trell, Cody, Cook are the guys that, are, if they're performing, I think it gives Ilias a chance to perform. They didn't perform, and so he was a 4 out of 10. It wasn't a great game by his standards. The kicking was a bit boring, and there wasn't much offered from the kicking. Um, you know, he didn't sort of run or, any, or put on anything in the... You know, in attack, it was not a very good game um, for Ilias. And Cook was very average, too, by his standards, a 6 out of 10. I think Cook's in danger on this World Cup. I think Appy's been sensational. I think Robson's been sensational. I think, obviously, Harry Grant's been sensational. And Ben Hunt's been sensational. So that's four hookers in there. And I kind of think late year, um, all of them have been better than Cook. Um you know, you cannot have 4 out of 10, 5 out of 10, 4 out of 10, 6 out of 10 in your spine players and expect that you're going to win a game. Um, Murray was the only good player, I think, 
for the Bunnies last night, and he was much like Yo. It was just everything that you expect from these champion 13s. He was an 8 out of 10, but he can't do it all on his own. Um, it's a good year for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and I think getting to this prelim from 7th, um, is an achievement. Um, I think it's a rebuilding year. I mean, Ilias is going to be better for having this year, I think. Um, and look, you know, Cody and Trell, there's going to come a prelim. Hopefully after this year, next year, they're dialed in and they just dominate it. They boss it. They do what they can do. Um, I really think this year, I did not expect um, South to get to the prelim. I thought they were, they could, and they did, but they've fallen at this last hurdle again. Um, look, over... You know, on the in the forwards, Nichols was an eight out of ten, and Totola was a seven out of ten. I thought that they laid enough of a platform for the halves and the fullback to do stuff. Um, where they fell down is the bench. Sele, Chikam, Cardi, they were all. Um, you know, Sele was a six, Chikam a four, Cardi a five out of ten. They didn't get anything off their bench, um, unfortunately. So. Um, the Bunnies were just outplayed in every facet. I think 1-17, to 17, they were outplayed. Um, and that's it. That's all about it. Um, let's go have a look um, towards the grand final in the pros and cons for t- the two teams playing in the grand final. Let's start with the Parramatta Eels, the pros. Um, I think that the pros for the Parramatta Eels is their forward pack. Um that forward pack fired in this game against the Cowboys. There was a lot of eight-plus performances out of their, um, you know, their, their forward pack, and, and they got a lot of um, great stuff out of their bench. If they can replicate that in the grand final, you know, you cannot have sevens and sixes up against the Penrith Panthers. All of these guys need to be scoring like what they did this game. Elaine with a 9 out of 10 performance. IPAP needs to fire up and be an 8 out of 8.5. Maddo needs to come off the bench and offer his punch and ball playing. You know, they need RCG and Paulo to fire up. They They can have a quiet game. They're either, you know, bossing it like RCG did this week or they go missing... If they can just perform like how they did this week, their forward pack is a huge strength, and I think um, they can they can match it. They can definitely match it. That back row, you know, if you talk about second rowers and and lock with you know a, with a Mato coming off the bench, I I kind of think that it's almost a little better um, their forward pack if it's firing. But that's the thing. It needs to fire. <laughs> so one strength. There we go for the Parramatta Reels. Look, it was a hard game. That's another pro. Um, in the prelim, the Cowboys were in front. So it wasn't something that um, is traditionally the Eels kind of way of winning and getting a nice lead and being good front runners. They came from behind. They showed a bit of guts. Um, and I think that that's good. Um, they're going to need a bit of guts. And they, there's a chance that they're going to have to come from behind against the Penrith Panthers. I think they're better, they're better chances if they're ahead and they, they get off to a nice lead like what the, the Rabbitohs could have done if they'd held on at halftime. But it's a good thing. You know, if you play in these tough matches and you've got to have a come from behind, it's fresh in your mind and it builds your confidence. They had a come from behind win. They stuck in the game and I think that that's a really good sign for them. Um, they have improved their defence, particularly their defence uh, on their own line. I think for regular season, they were one of the worst teams um, defensively. But in the finals campaign, they seem to have tightened that up. Um, I know it was 20 points in that game, but the online defence seemed like it was a bit more stoic. Um, and they've improved. I think they've been the number one defending team or up there out of the finals campaign, which is good because they're going to need to be defensively on against the Penrith Panthers. Um I think that they're the best matchup 
um, for the Penrith Panthers. I think 1-17, to they have the tools, if you know what I mean. That can, I think they've got a 17 that is as good as the Penrith Panthers if they're on. There's no question. There was only 15 of their 17 players had terrific games last night, Penrith Panthers. 15 of their 17. So I never doubt that that's going to always be their figure. I think they're always going to be 14 or 15 of their 17, if not more, that have a great game. You cannot have 10 of your, your players for Parramatta having a good game. You need 15 as well, you know. So if they all fire in this grand final, I give them a chance. The problem is I don't think there's. it'll be a cold day in hell before the Penrith Panthers get a 10 out of 17 playing good. They'll, all, they'll be way higher. Their minimum is like a 14 out of 17. So if they all fire and 15 of them have an 8 out of 10 performance, I give them a, I give them a chance. I think they've got the right... 17 to upset um, the Penrith Panthers. Um, let's go over to the negatives. Um, the Parramatta Eels don't have a lot of grand final experience um, in their team. They oh, look well done to them because they kicked off um, getting the hoodoo out of the way with the prelims because they hadn't got to a prelim in a while and they just bossed through that and they're into a grand final now. Well done. Um, but Matto's the only one that's been there in a grand final. Now, that could be a con because these Penrith Panthers Panthers have been to the big dance. They were there last year. They were there the year before. They were there the year before that. Um, These guys know grand final week. They know how to prepare for this big game. Um, And hopefully that's not a, you know, that's not a downside for the Eels. Hopefully they're just excited and um, they are fearless. Hopefully they use it as a positive rather than um, letting it get the better of them. They just don't have a lot of experience. They've got a lot of... um, you know, finals experience, but it's, this is the big dance. And I just worry that they haven't got too many players in their team that have played on a big grand final. When you look back and you, well, when you see footage of players who are looking back on grand finals, they're like, I just wasn't prepared for the week and everything that was involved in it. Hopefully that's not something that gets the better of the eels. Um, look, the halves, they weren't good enough in that game. They were good enough in that game to get past the cows that's not going to be good enough against the Penrith Panthers. Um, you know, I think Cleary by himself played better than Moses and Brown in that um, game, if you know what I mean. Um, and that's why you can get away with a Luai getting a 6 out of 10. Moses and Brown need to sizzle, which they can do. That's the word that comes to my mind when they're on. When Moses and Brown are on, they sizzle. Um and if they are sizzling, they've got the forward pack to allow them to sizzle. And I hope that they just go and stand and deliver in this grand final because they've got it in them. Um, Moses and Brown, 9 out of 10 performances, they could give them a shake. But what they produced last week with their forward pack being very solid, I don't think is going to float it in the grand final. They need to stand up and get 9 out of 10s. Um, Wonga Blake, he was absolutely (laughs) in trouble against Cleary's bombs in the last game. Hopefully that's not going to be a negative. Uh, It will be something they do. They're going to kick the ball to Wonga. I don't know why um, the Cowboys didn't do it more. They did one and it was dropped, wasn't it? Um, if, what's going on, Cowboys? Kick it to him. He's, he's, got, the, he's got the Jimmy hands. Um, the, he's going to be put under pressure. There's no way that Cleary's not going to do it. He was doing it in last night's game. 
the kicking is sensational and he's going to be under some pressure. Um, look, I really hope that um, Opacic is fine. I know that Brad Arthur said after the game that he's touch and go, but they think he could be right. You know, the half confident. Um, because I don't think Simmonson is a grand final winning um, back. Not, I mean, you're like, oh, what's going on, Eddie? You think Opacic is? Well, I think Opacic has a good defence. And I think defence wins premiership. Simmonson does not have a good defence. He doesn't have a good attack either. But um, And I thought Opacic had a pretty good um, finals campaign. So, I, look, I hope that Opacic is in um, and not Simmonson. And I'm worried a little bit about Wonga Blake. Um, Gutho, Brown, Moses, Marnie all need to be a 9 out of 10 in the grand final. Here's a pro. I should have mentioned that as a pro. I thought that was the best game Marnie's played in a while. I've been a little concerned about Marnie. A lot of forward passes go unpunished by him out of the half. Probably 20 a game. But he did get pinned for one, didn't he, in that um, prelim. Um, He had his best game for a long, long while. Um, Maybe he's, you know, this is my last couple of games for the Parramatta Eels. I'm going to just fire up. Um, because they're one, they're six, they're seven, they're nine, all need to be nine out of tens in the grand final to contend with the champion that is Nathan Cleary. Oh, and Appy and Dylan Brown, and Dylan Edwards. They're all great. And Luai can produce a 10 out of 10 performance as well. They've got a champion spine, so the Eels spine all need the game of their lives. They all need, you know, six and a half is not going to fly. They, they need a nine out of tens. Um, that's it. Um, the negatives for the Parramatta uh, Eels. The pros now for the Penrith Panthers, they were dominant in this um, prelim. You know, they haven't played a lot of footy together the, in, the, in the late part of the year, the Penrith Panthers, but they haven't skipped a beat. Um, I've floated that possibly the lack of games that they've played could come into it and that these battle-hardened teams might, um, you know, get over the top of them. Well, it's not. it hasn't happened. They've looked exceptionally fit. They haven't looked like they've been rusty at all. I mean, look, they started slower against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, but they didn't panic. They didn't look like they were under stress about it, and they were so slick and dominant, um, and just they wear down opposition. Um, I thought they looked great against the Eels in week one. They skipped through to the prelim, and they looked sense- They looked better last night. Um, so that's worrying for the grand, the grand final opposition because – they um, now they're going to play two weeks in a row, and I think they're going to be. Um, they're not going to lose this game. You're going to have to win it. They were very dominant, and they look very healthy, and they look exceptional. Is um, Taylor May going to be good to go? Ivan says um, there's a chance as well. Probably, I felt like Opacic and May. They said we're around the same um, level of chance. For the grand final. I think that's important because I didn't really rate Charlie Staines. He wasn't awful, but he wasn't great. Um, And that's certainly going to be something with their big um, wingers that they can probably target if it's Staines out there. Probably the only chink in their armour. If if May comes in and um, Staines goes out, I don't think they have a weakness at all in their 1-17. to Um, If it is Staines, there's one weakness. Um... Cleary is such a dominant force in this NRL finals campaign. Um, We know that Cleary is amazing. He's the best seven in the comp, but he has been bossing this final series. He is somebody... Like, you've got champions of our game. I think what makes them a 
a one champion is if they can stand and deliver under pressure on the big stage. Um, and that's been the knock of Cleary sometimes in Origin. I think he's been terrific in Origin. Personally, he hasn't probably got the series after you know. Once he starts bossing the series and winning series, I think he'll, he's on the trajectory to be an immortal. Um, but in this finals campaign, he has been a champion who has bossed the final series, and I think he is got eyes on that trophy, and I don't know if anyone can stop him. I don't know if anyone from the the Eels can stop him because he looks dialed in, he's a champion, and he looks like he's on a path to glory for this premiership. I'm, I'd am i be like, how do we stop him? You know, I mean, look, the Eels have done that and put him under pressure. They're going to need to do a job on Cleary like nobody's ever done a job on him, you know, um, because he looks like he's dialed in. Um I mentioned May. If if May comes back, there's no weaknesses in their um, spine. Um, the negatives. Um, there's not a huge, huge enemy, uh, uh, negatives. Um, Luai, look, he wasn't on fire in this final series. I mentioned game one where he let Cleary sort of run the show. Um, look, and he wasn't great in this game as well. It was a very mixed bag. Does it even make a difference? Not really, because 15 of their 17 players are all eight and above. Um, but, you know, if it's a sizzling halves combo in Moses and um, Dylan Brown in the finals, like 9 on 10 out of 10s, I think that he needs to give Cleary a little bit of help. Um, you know, um, and he hasn't been great in this final series. I really think he needs to step up. And we need an 8 out of 10 out of Luai in the grand final, I think. Um, they had a bit of a slow start in this game. Does that say, you know, they were a little bit rusty for not having played games? No. The South just started hot. I think that's probably the best chance um, for the Eels, to be honest, if they come out and get... If they go in 18-0 at halftime, they could have enough in the 1-17 to to hold them off and um, manage the game. I think Moses has had a great year. Um, maybe they can, you know, boss the game and just take it away from them. Um, but... Well, I mean, do you read into it? They won the game 32-12, to 12, so um, it didn't seem to... The slow start didn't seem to hurt them, you know, but the, I think that the Bunnies butchered it at halftime. Um, Para have unsettled them before. Um, look, we talked about, um, you know, Cleary was, you know, sent off, and then that's why the Eels won that game. Well, yeah, they could have been three from three if Moses had stayed on the field in that um, first prelim. I mean, in the first um, week of semifinals. So I think that the Eels have the right game to unsettle them. I think that they've got the blueprint of how to get on top of Cleary. If you, if you can get on top of Cleary and put pressure on him and take time away from him, I think that that gives your chance, your team every chance. Uh, I think the Eels have done that in the past and they're going to need to go and, you know, do a job on Cleary um, in that grand final to be able to be a chance. Because like I said, I don't think anyone can stop Cleary. If they want to win it, they're going to have to stop Cleary. Um, my tip for the grand final, it's the Penrith Panthers. I cannot see... Um, that's the thing. I, I can't see them... Dropping it, you know, like the cows dropped this game in the in the prelim. I think that the Penrith Panthers are hot to trot. They're absolutely a juggernaut, and I don't think that yeah, you know, fifteen of their seventeen players will be sensational on Grand Final day. It's just going to be a question of whether Parramatta can do fifteen of seventeen or sixteen of seventeen to beat them, because they're such a well-oiled machine. They're such a dominant team. They're such a healthy team. They 
they have got a lot of swag. Let's not um, deny that. They've got some arrogance and swag about their team, but they don't play with ego. They all support each other. They always pass to a person who's in a better position. They don't... Look, the cows, in that game, there was a couple of times where centers were just hog running it when they had an open winger on the outside of them three meters out from the line. That's, you know, selfish and attack play. The Penrith Panthers, if the if the center ever has an open winger, they just get the ball to them and they, you know, get the tries. They they don't play with ego. They always look for a player in a better position. They always play as a team in attack and defense. I can't see them getting um, rolled in this grand final. So I'm going to tip the, the Penrith Panthers to go back to back. Um, I'd love them to lose, and I, well, no, because then the Raiders take over as the longest uh, premiership drought. I'm going to go for the Penrith Panthers too. Um, it's funny because I said um, in a chat, I'm not going to support any team whose fans have done the Viking clap. Obviously, I'm a Canberra Raiders fan. Well, the grand finals, both of their <laughs> both of their fans base have done the Viking clap in the crowd. So I hate them both. No, um, I want to go for the Penrith Panthers. I know that that's. You know, I'm. We are Australians are all against the tall poppy, uh, and the eels. It'd be such a glorious thing um, for them if they finally break the drought. Um, but I'm still going to go for the Penrith Panthers because I don't want the Raiders to take the mantle. Thanks for listening, guys. It's a bit of a long, um, you know, out from the grand final tip and and going through the pros and cons. Um, but it looks like everyone's escaped, you know, suspension and injury and all that sort of stuff. So. There's my long view from here out. If you get to listen to this before the old uh, PM's 13 today against PG, that should be a good game. I look forward to a bit of rugby league on the uh, Sunday. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you soon. Kick and chase by Mullins. Kick and chase again by Mullins. This will be a miracle. Oh!